Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Hey, oh, it's IG2G, it's episode 71. If we don't do the intro super fast, Danny yells at us, so let's go. Hey, it's me, it's Eric. What you got to say? Whoa, that was way too fast, man. Oh my god. I don't even know. You just made this all weird and awkward. Oh god, okay. Uh, time, time it's not my fault. Time. It's not my oh, fault. I didn't put the limit on us. This episode of IG2G, if you know, if you like cool stuff, you're gonna get it. It's gonna be like games. Oh, uh, I don't know. Something. We can talk about releases. We're gonna talk about topic. Go, go. Shut up. No. Zombies. Ah. Number five. First up on the releases this week, we have the definitive edition of a game. I feel like I've talked about on IG2G before, but I also can't find any instance of it in my notes anywhere. Like, at all. So, maybe you've heard of this and maybe you haven't? I don't know! <laughs> but stick with me, because dropping on the 30th of January for the Nintendo Switch, it's Aviary Attorney Definitive Edition. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, well, hey, let me tell you, developed and published by Sketchy Logic, Aviary Attorney is, it's basically an Ace Attorney-style game. If you like Ace Attorney and you're sad because there haven't been any new Ace Attorneys in a while... Check out Aviary Attorney, especially on your Switch. I believe it is also out for PC. I had that wish listed on Steam from like forever ago, like 2013 maybe. I don't even know. But Aviary Attorney is what what drew me to it is not only the 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 premise, which I'll get into in a second, but the art style. The art in this game is fantastic. I mean, it all looks like hand drawn illustrations of well, it says right there in the title. Aviary Attorney. You're basically birds or other anthropomorphic creatures in 1840s Paris, and you are playing an attorney, and you know you have an assistant, you're investigating crimes, you're you know interviewing witnesses, you're looking for clues, you're you know doing objections in court and all that other stuff. And so if you like the Ace Attorney games, this is a nice little spin on that. Obviously, it's kind of unique because everyone's a bird or a cat or a turtle or a frog or something like that but the art is just so cool you got to see this art you got to go see some screenshots you got to go see it in action but i mean if you love ace attorney games slash visual novels i've heard that this kind of kind of leans both ways then i mean both games are totally up my alley you should check this out on top of just you know ace attorney style stuff and investigating and getting testimonies and all the things that i just talked about the one thing that kind of interests me is I believe you can actually investigate these cases incorrectly. Like you can fail the case, but then continue on towards the ending. And there are three different endings to get throughout this game. Like I think it's a, a good ending, a bad ending, and in the middle ending. I mean, that kind of makes sense. But the fact that you can actually proceed and get a bad ending is kind of interesting for an Ace Attorney style game. Because in those games, you can't you can't proceed. You have to win the case the whole way. If you don't, it's just game over. So it's kind of interesting that you can actually get, you know, trapped in the the red herrings of the case, or you know, get get spun out of the, out of out of control or out of the way by the prosecution. So I, I I feel like that's interesting. Plus, just it's just a weird, goofy. I mean, it's a weird, goofy setting. You're you're Parisian animals. Trying cases. It's it's wacky, it's goofy, and I love wacky, goofy stuff. I love Ace Attorney stuff, and I love visual novels. So if you love any of those things, check out Aviary Attorney Definitive Edition on your Switch. Just have a goofy just have a goofy fun time. It's fun. Go just go get it. 
you want to have fun. You can't be shooting stuff all the time. Be a bird and get other birds off the hook. Come on. Number four. Now, here's a title I didn't think anything of, but I said, you know what? Let's just take a look at it and see what it's all about. And I was extremely surprised. Zombie Army 4 Dead War. I thought this was just going to be a throwaway title. It was released February 4th for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course PC. Developed by Rebellion Development. Published by Rebellion Development. Think Left 4 Dead. Alright? But a high quality, good imitation of Left 4 Dead. What's going on here? It's pretty simple. Some crazy cultists have raised up the entire Nazi army. Are they zombies? Yes, of course they're zombies. Are there all sorts of different kinds of zombies? Yes, there are all sorts of different kinds of zombies. Different ways to kill said zombies. They act differently. You have to take care of them in different fashions. You and up to four players can band together to set out to find a way out of this mess, kill all the zombies, and of course, stay alive. To do so, you'll go on missions where you've got to guard the bases. There'll be missions where you've got to fill up the gas tanks and boats, etc., 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 to get out of the danger. There'll be ones where you've got to get in an airplane, fly away. You know, all the typical kind of tropes that you know Left 4 Dead brought about. You'll be doing that kind of stuff. But the difference here is they throw tons of baddies at you. You get all sorts of clever ways to kill them, and you have to utilize them because, of course, with your guns, ammo is a thing. You have to be careful with how much you're spending of it. Make sure you're using, say, a propeller blade that's laying about to spin it up, and that'll kill a bunch of zombies as they're marching through to come at you. Uh, you'll find larger Gatling guns, things like that, throughout the levels to utilize. Bombs, explosives, you name it, it's all there. Also, with the guns, you'll have the ability to upgrade them, make them stronger, better, faster reload times. You know the deal. It's the same old drill in this. The game looks surprisingly well done. The graphics are great. The effects are fantastic. There's blood and gore everywhere, as you can imagine. Like I said, a great variety of baddies for you. Different weapons for you to utilize. And it's the one to four player co-op. You can have a great time with it. What's not to like? I, like I said, I was shocked. This game actually looks pretty darn good, so go give it a peek. Number three. Next up on the releases, we got another reissue, another edition of a game that was out previously. This one is Patapon 2 Remastered, which dropped on the 30th of January for the PS4. Developed by Pyramid and Japan Studio, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. Hey, it's Patapon 2, it's remastered. There you go. Hey, go pick it up. Oh, what? You don't know what Patapon 2 is? Okay, all right. Well, look. I believe the Patapon series started off on the PSP, and I always wanted to get into it because it looked so cool, and I like rhythmy style games, but I never had a PSP, so I could never play Patapon, except now it's remastered from the PS4, now I can play it! Hey, it's cool! But basically what you do in Patapon is you control a little tribe of these, like, weird eyeball-looking dudes, like, these, they're like these black shapes, and they have these big eyeballs, and they're like different types of warriors, I believe, in your little tribe. And then you, you send them off to do abilities or attacks via the face buttons on your, well, now your PS4 controller. So circle will do this, triangle will do that, you know, square, X, y, you know, all the stuff. But the cool thing is you have to, you, I think you're kind of like banging the drums of war to like get them to go do the thing. Or your, you know, your little units are like chanting what they're doing as they're doing it. So you have to kind of keep to the beat 
or like match your things up rhythmically to get the best out of all your attacks and all your skills and all this stuff. So it's something I always was interested in but could never play. Now it's here on the PS4 and it's remastered. So you got up visuals. If you if you got the PS4 Pro and you got the 4K TV, oh my man, you're going to be enjoying some 4K-ness. I will say the graphics have always been really cool for the Patapon games. Like the, the little Patapons, I don't know if they're called Patapons. The little warriors themselves are really sharp, like you know, 2D and like stark and really cool looking. Like I really love the look of your little characters of the enemies. I really love the look of this game. And so getting it up to HD and beyond that with 4k, which I, who can afford that G whiz, but it is pretty cool that more people can play it. Now I the, the few drawbacks I've have heard is that this game gets really hectic and even just watching like some reviews and some gameplay of it, you can see it because each, you know, each drum beat or each action or each, you know, chanting call that your people do to perform an action or a skill it does come with sound effects. It does come with a lot of graphical movement. Like if your if your square button involves a bunch of your your little patapon men moving around and doing stuff, the screen gets really visually busy with all their movement. And since it's in like this bright, cool, colorful HD, sometimes it's really hard to parse out. Especially if you're getting you know if you're getting further along in the game, you have more complicated movements and more complicated options. And like a really big enemy is doing his skills and back and forth. It can get really visually cloudy and cluttered, but it can also get like auditorily clouded and cluttered because again, you're, you're, you're making the drum beats. Your, your little dudes are going, rah, yeah, the enemy's going, rah, or, you know, whatever they're doing. So it can be hard to stay on the beat is from what I've been hearing. But everything else I hear about it, it's really cool. It's really fun. You know, you're not going to get something like this every day, a, a, a strategy, rhythm, action type game. Another thing, another cool thing I've heard that they didn't have, I believe, in the first game was, you know, you go out and you battle and you gain resources and you gain new abilities. You can also kind of go back to your camp and level stuff up. You can, you know, use those materials that you get on your quest to make new things, to unlock new abilities. And you can replay older levels to continue to not grind for materials, but to continue to acquire new materials and level up your skills and get better at the game and keep on moving forward. So maybe when it does become a little more hectic in those later levels, you know, you're kind of more used to it. You know what your people are doing. You know the right routine, the right rhythm of what you need to do. I mean, I've heard that once you get much later in the game and you learn a lot of defensive and like uh like dodges and stuff abilities to let you do that it becomes kind of like a dance between you and the enemy like i've seen some really big like enemy monsters so if you like jut forward and give them some attacks then back off or like shield up and then you know make quick strikes and then back off again it, i mean this game looks really cool there's nothing else that looks like pat upon the whole series and so it, I'm excited for it to be here on the PS4. I really want to pick it up, probably on a sale because I have so many games going on. You, you know me and Eric all the time. Oh, man, Eric can never afford anything. Me, I got too many games in the backlog. But Patapon 2 is out. If you're looking for some strategic, rhythm-based action and some fun, something really unique that you're not going to see or play anywhere else other than Patapon 1 Remastered, pick it up. Patapon 2 Remastered, have yourself a grand old war drumming time. Number 2
released January 28th, 2020 for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Journey to the Savage Planet. It was developed by Typhoon Studios and published by 505 Games. This title, think exploration. Think fun. Think ridiculous. You take a little bit of like the uh, Outer Worlds, you know, goofy vibe meets Outer Wilds, exploration, No Man's Sky type thing, you know, all that combined into one. You, the player character, are hired to go to this unknown planet and, of course, gather resources, etc. that could help your business, your company that you work for, which is coincidentally the fourth best business in the industry. The game, of course, has tons of humor. It's self-aware, makes fun of itself. You explore this planet in the different biomes, scanning uh, the flora, the fauna, the creatures, all that, sending the information back. You can 100% that. So a lot of the games, you just putzing around, scan, 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 scan. But that's where the game really shines because it's all about exploration and fun. The game itself is gorgeous. Colors everywhere. Different things to see constantly as i said it's an alien planet so everything's really fun and weird and wacky you'll get the jetpack thing that allows you to do like boost jumps you're gonna get a gun allows you to shoot critters that don't want to cooperate with you as i said you get scanners food all sorts of cool fun things to do and see hidden gems all over the place so if you want to really just take your time to look and dig you're gonna find some secrets and little easter eggs things like that which, coincidentally, will get you a uber ending if you collect and find all the hidden things. Because throughout your exploration, you're going to find that this planet wasn't actually just found. There's this big shiny tower that you're eventually going to want to uncover the mysteries of. So you'll find alien tech throughout the game. And then, of course, more clues and whatnot as to what this tower is or was. And who was here before and what the, why they are not here anymore. That kind of thing. You get what I'm talking about. You get the picture. If you want a very fun, colorful game in which you get to just go nuts, explore, check things out. Yes, there's some combat to it. But mostly it's just about finding new things, finding resources, finding anything that will help the business that you're working for, and of course unravel the mysteries of this alien race that was here before you. Does that sound neat? I think it sounds neat. So go check it out. Number one. Last up on the releases this week, it's a game that's really near and dear to my heart, but it's a very difficult game to explain. Uh, It's Kentucky Route Zero. And it may be based on where you play it. It might be called Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. This is out for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, pretty much everywhere but mobile devices. It's dropped on the 28th of January, developed by Cardboard Computer and published by Annapurna Interactive. This is a game that's been out like I've been playing it off and on and fits and starts for maybe seven years, at least five, at least five years. This is a game that's been released episodically, like, over the course of all that time. And it's really hard to explain what this game really is or what it's about, but not, like, in a, in a really strange way. Like, overall, if you have to put it under an umbrella, I would say it's a narrative point-and-click game. I wouldn't really say it's an adventure game. It's just more about going through a journey and hanging out with characters and spending time with them. It's... 
I mean, that makes it sound like it's not interesting, like you're just all hanging out with characters. But at least when you start the game, I don't know how it is when you finish because I haven't played the last episode yet. You start off as an antique shop's truck driver and you're on your way to make like your final delivery for the shop and you're going down Kentucky Route Zero, this this weird highway, and you're just meeting all these interesting characters and encountering not really unique, but like somewhat mystical, somewhat like bizarre situations. And like, I, I, you know, I'm kind of trying to search through my hazy memories. Like there's times when like time doesn't seem to flow right, or you talk to someone's daughter and then as you go along, you meet their parents. Like it's like time flows really strangely on this road or, you know, you, you go down a certain area of the highway and then things are appearing like behind you that weren't there on your first way through. It's kind of like a weird, I don't know how to describe it other than kind of weird and unique, but it's this, it's this kind of like hazy view of like the, these, this, this like bizarre, but not in a, in a scary or strange way. This like mystical kind of trip through the South and, you're meeting all these characters. Sometimes you're playing as other characters. You're making a few dialogue choices that kind of flesh out who you are as a character. Like, you know, someone will ask you a question. You have two different ways of responding to it. And then that kind of fills you in on the backstory of you. Because you don't really know the character that you are. And you, the player, get to kind of make these characters be how and who you want them to be, in a sense. It's... It's so hard to describe. You really just need to play the first episode to understand if you're going to like it or not. I think I got it maybe like it was like five bucks the first episode on Steam forever and ever ago. And something about it really hooks you. It's got the when last I played it, it had this real kind of ambient, cool music, except in certain areas like where you would walk, you'd be walking through a forest and there'd be like a little little group of musicians kind of off in the background and their their music would kind of slowly filter in as you're doing this just slow mellow moving from place to place having conversations with characters learning more about them learning more about yourself it's just this it it just feels like a like a slow dreamy it's like, yeah dreamy that's that's a good word for it instead of bizarre or creepy even though i mean it's it's more like dreamlike like you're going down this highway and you're trying to get to this place, but you can never really seem to find it. You just keep spiraling off on all these little side tracks and side areas with these these unique characters that don't seem to fit in the real world or, you know, the things they want you to do don't seem to fit with just, you know, an everyday real life. It's just this 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 slow, dreamy, really cool, really mellow narrative game i don't know how i don't really know how to describe it it's just there's something about kentucky route zero i'm kind of i'm almost kind of sad that it's finished now because it means that i can't keep playing it in fits and starts for the next five to seven years but it's just there's something about it there's something about this game and there's something new about it for me who hasn't played it for a couple years there's like even better graphics now when i started playing it it wasn't billed as like, you know, uh, an early access game or anything, but I remember those graphics being really stark and not a lot of color in them. So the, 
the color came through in the dialogue, really, like the flavor came through in the dialogue instead of the graphics. Now that I'm watching reviews of it and seeing, you know, gameplay of the TV version or the final episode, there's a lot of color. And the game looks beautiful now. It still has a, a slightly minimalist look to it. And you'll know what I mean if you see it. But it's 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 weird to see that this game that I've been playing since maybe like 2013, I'm really not sure how long it's been, at least 2015, has like grown and looks a lot and like it's fleshed out. It's so cool. And I don't know if you if you have any interest in anything that I've said, like I, I'm sure I just sound like babbling gibberish to some of you. But if you just want a cool, mellow, dreamlike game to kind of get lost in for a little bit, I mean, it's a, it's a linear game, but you can kind of just kind of, I don't want to say zone out, but you can just like mellow out with this game and just have, just enjoy your time with these characters that you meet along this road trip that you're kind of on. And then you play as those characters and you move on and they have other things that they go do and they meet other characters and you do, do I, I don't know how to describe it. I love this game. If you're interested in any kind of point-and-click narrative-based games, if you like just chill games, if you like if you like unique experiences, you got to play Kentucky Route Zero. I don't know if it's still available episodically on Steam. It's been a while. Or if it's all just condensed into one package. I really recommend people play this game, though. It's, it's totally unique and something about it. There's just something about this damn game. Even back in the day before the graphics looked super nice and it wasn't even finished, like when you when you finished an episode, it'd be like, all right, well, the next one will come out at some point. It was still worth it then. Now that it's a complete experience, now that it's finished, it's definitely worth it. Get Kentucky Route Zero, whether it's on your PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. I feel like I feel like PC or big screen would be the best way to experience this game because you can, you know, you can put well, maybe on Switch you can put your headphones in, but you can put it on your surround sound system and just enjoy that cool ambient music and just atmosphere. It's really atmospheric. That's that's one of the other words I was looking for. It's dreamy and atmospheric. It's a dreamy, atmospheric, narrative point-and-click game. I love it. Kentucky Route Zero. Go pick it up. Imposter's Topic of the Day topic for tonight everybody you know we gotta do it it's another one of those mandatory functions when you're doing podcasts youtube all that other good stuff any sort of gaming mm-hmm. thing in the world 2020 has come it's been 10 long years it's been a decade as one might say mm-hmm. so we thought hey why not <laughs> <laughs> one might say one it's might been say. 10 years hey you know <laughs> Jesus 10 God. years for me 20 for you What's time? It's just a fake construction we made up, Matt. You know what I mean? It's only been a year for me, Eric. I'm just living in slow <laughs> mode. That's, hey, if you're orbiting Jupiter or something, you know, maybe that's the case. I don't know. True, true. So, just saying. I'm just saying. All right? Give me a break. So, we're going to do it. We're going to go through the decade. The last decade, anyway. Because I, I can't get a spoiler alert. I, I don't want to tell you guys what's happening in this next decade. I want to blow your minds with all the wonders you're going to see. Tell me that off air. We do that off yeah, air. Yeah, I'll tell, tell you. Tell I'll me let you know. All right? Don't worry. Okay. You don't die, so you're good. Whew. Yeah. Thank goodness. But anyways, I can't say the same for some of you listening. But hey, anyway, <laughs> we're going to continue on and talk about some of our favorite games, the games that meant the most to us in the last decade, starting with Mr. Matt going three, two, one, boom, do it. 
Ooh, hey, it's me. It's Mr. Matt. Uh, now, I got like a list of like 47 games, and Eric says I can't do 47 games. I told games. him no, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cull it down, and I'm going to give you a three-pack right now because these games all... The, first off, I don't like doing this, but these are all pretty recent games, you know, in, in the recent past. But they all had an effect on me because they were all big, long journeys that I went on. I got attached to the characters I played played as or with in these games. So they all kind of, even though they're different types of games, they all kind of bundle in with me because, like I said, it's that journey. When I think about these games, I go, oh, man, I wish I was back in there doing that thing that I like to do in that game, in those games. First up, Red Dead Redemption 2. I said it before. I made my character. I lived his little character life. He had his his setup. He had his horse. He had his guns. He had his look. He had his outfit. He grew. Like, I had him one way. And then as I played through the game, he changed. I mean, via the story. And then the way that I had him decked out all changed. He became my my vision of that character. And anytime I think about Red Dead, I go, man, I wish I was hanging out there with Arthur with his top hat and his little fancy vest and all this stuff. That's got to be on there for me. And just as an encapsulation of this is how far games have come. Like that whole world was gorgeous. Music was amazing. Everything you could do in that game is awesome. And then an RPG 2-pack, because I love the worlds. I loved the friends I made in those worlds and the people that I played. Persona 5 has to be there. I've said it a million times. I love every character in that game. And you feel like they're your friends. And Witcher 3, same thing to a lesser extent. And plus, you... You get to grow as a witcher. You get to, you know, define what your powers are and make you can make Geralt look and play the way that you want to. Kind of in a Red Dead sense. And just, I went on such a long journey with Geralt through the main story, through the first expansion, through the second expansion. I got to the end. He got to sit there with Yen and look at the sunset and just be like, he owns this villa now. And just, man, I went through his whole big arc and story. And it's just, nothing can really replace that. Nothing can come close to that other than something like Red Dead, another big giant epic like that. So that's that's my first three bam, 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 quick hits because I went on journeys with characters and formed bonds in-game and, you know, myself to the game. What about something for you, Eric? Well, we're going to start in the past here. And there's an easy one y'all are going to know I'm going to tell you, and that's World of Warcraft. Yeah, the game yep. didn't originally come out in 2010 and beyond, but guess what? One of its bajillion expansions did, and I was still hardcore playing in the 2010 through 2015 era. And my goodness, man, I've told you all before, the, the family, you know, your guild, your people, your raid team, they're going to be here for the rest of my life. It was basically mm-hmm. like setting up a second little code of friends that was specific to an environment in an area but they were still friends. They were still people that, you know, once they got mad or rage quit and left forever, you missed them. And you want to wish they came back and it sucked that they left. You know, when you disbanded mm-hmm. the guild and reorganized and only some of you left. The feelings were real. The fun times were real. The game, to this day, is still fun. But back then, it had that pizzazz. Like, just the gl- it was the glory days of it all. And just in mm-hmm. it to win it, smoking them raids, doing the best I could, being the top mage I could be. And I often would pick, you know, like the the secondary class, like, you know, the, the not hottest spec, and I would rock it. And I would try to put mm-hmm. out the damage you could do as the top spec, just because 
why not? You know, I always got, you know, if you're not this build, you're not going to perform to the top. And it's like, ah, to hell with you. I'm going to do what I want to do and make it so dang good and so streamlined that even if, obviously, like they always said, oh, if you, well, you're good, but if you just do the top meta spec, you'd be even better. You know, that to hell with you. I don't care. I'm still mm-hmm. in the top 10%. Doesn't matter to me. Get off my back. I'm having more fun as this. It was able, you were able to do that back then. Over the years, times mm-hmm. change. That's kind of slipped out of the way, but I'm not here to talk about that. I just want to tell you all that till my death, I will always remember some of my friends I had back in the World of Warcraft heydays, the times we had, the raids, the, the sheer joy, frustration, anger that came with down in bosses, not down in bosses, farming materials, the stories of just hanging out in dungeons, people talking about their kids and their lives and what the hell's going on, actual real life people in there just passing away from old age, things like that, and you just, you know, in mourning with your friends online. All of it. It was an experience to be had, and it stinks that that kind of age, that world, is slowly dying away and going away. I know everything comes back, so I look forward to the day when it does. But until then, I'll always have those wonderful memories. And speaking of wonderful memories, what game do I have better memories of in all those exact ways that you just talked about than League of Legends? I mean, I, I, I was hardcore into it for like a year and a half, two years maybe, and everything you just said applies to League of Legends for me. The game itself was popping. It was hot. It was like the hottest game in the world at the time. And then just all the friends that I made in that, sh- in that short span of time, you know, I still think about those people and the times we had, the, you know, the silly times, the fun times. And just like you said, with you not being the optimized, you know, the optimized build, I did the same thing with my buddy Brometh. When you go... Bottom lane, there's always two of you in League of Legends, and one has to be the ADC and one has to be the support. And as the support, you have to let the ADC get all the farm and all the kills. We would roll in whatever combination we wanted in that bottom lane. He would be like just, he'd be an AP character. I would just be doing my own thing, and we would just roll. We would just wreck shop. People were like, what the hell are you guys doing down in bottom lane? And we'd be like, oh yeah, we're winning the lane. We're pushing to the towers. We're killing the towers. Everybody else is still dying, having a bad time. We're carrying the whole team. And then when the team expanded and we got full-on a five-player team just going up against all these other five-player teams, there was nothing like it. Sitting there in curse voice chat, whether we were actually on it and being like pro and strats or we were all drunk and just being morons like we'd get one rando and be like oh it's all it's all it's all knockups just get a character with a knockup who cares i've told the story before mm-hmm. but just all those memories with those real life people who i'll never see again like i see my buddy j boss on some of the other chat stuff but we never hang out we don't play anything anymore just all those memories all those people Everything you said about World of Warcraft, that was me for League of Legends, so that's got to be on the list. Well, you mentioned drunken good times, and I'm going to pack three in one punch here for the same reason. Drunken good times. Borderlands 2 has to be on this list. The Division has to be on this list. And Battleborn (laughs) has to be on this list, all right? Yep. These three games were games I played drunk a lot. A ton. Mm. A ton. More than I should. I'm surprised I'm alive. For goodness sakes, I don't know how I'm here. But (laughs) there are so many memories packed into these three games. Borderlands 2, I don't even know where to begin or stop. 
searching for the mm-hmm. Borderlands symbols, the drunken events of just people wandering off because they're too drunk to even understand what's going on anymore, the glitching, mm-hmm. the lagging, the jumping, jumping quest and failing miserably, you know, <laughs> the man who couldn't find the Cromerex boss while I solo him because he just could not comprehend jumping down one level to come in the cave, and he just stood at the top screaming to the rooftops that he couldn't figure it out. It was too much. Couldn't do it. <laughs> that kind of thing for Borderlands. There's a billion of these stories, all mangled in my head, all jarbled, some clearer than others, but they're all there, and they're going to be there forever. Yep. With the Division, there's two particular spots in history that I just will always remember, and one was, <laughs> do you have a face? All right? Uh-huh. It became a slogan. It became a thing. It was just what we did. It was part of the part of the playing, part of the evenings, all the time. And then the pinnacle event in Division, the moment mm. I betrayed the team, and I destroyed us. Yep. It was the best moment <laughs> in all of history. <laughs> uh, the, we, you betrayed the team because someone else we, betrayed yes, the team he first. He betrayed me. We have rules and yes. we had rules. And he betrayed the rules <laughs> and he thought there'd be no punishment. And there was. Uh. <laughs> and it was the last night we ever played. It was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. A day to remember. As I said before when I talked about that story, I think Matt at some point even had it up on his uh, his his little uh, his bar for Twitter or Facebook or something. I don't even remember. I think it's just for uh, PSN. Oh, is that it's it? still okay. there. I'm, n- I'm never taking that down. Oh, so good. Okay, so th- that's why those two are there. And then, of course, Battleborn. Battleborn came out. was that one where we were like, well, we were going to play Division instead of Battleborn, but then we got that sweet, got into the beta and alpha, and then we goes, you know what, let's mm. just do it. We got into Battleborn. Tons of good memories in there. All sorts of fun. Going through the missions, going through all the PvP, the torturous nights of screaming at the the console of how the hell these people are beating us. Da 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 da. Such good times. And then the ops missions came out, and then we were to Cloud Nine with the Easter eggs and us hunting around night after night, searching and searching for these Easter eggs, trying to figure out the mysteries of it all. All tied together. Those were some fantastic games. And also gave me so many good memories to last me a lifetime. Absolutely, hundred percent. Now, other other games that have have stuck with me. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and buzz through a couple of these real quick. Um, Arkham City. When I think of f- fun combat systems, that game always comes up in my head. I spent so much time just in the just in the in the combat challenges for that game. Arkham Knight had them too. Arkham Asylum also had them. I didn't touch them in either one of those. Arkham City, something about that game, the combat flowed perfectly, and I could just—I just got in that zone of just—I'm not even thinking, but my but my fingers are hitting all the right button combos, and my—you know—I'm getting the max max combos and everything. That game just f- flows and flies, and when I'm in that when I was in that game, I was at home. I was there was nothing better than that. Of course, another game of the decade. I can't, I can't not mention my White Whale, Metal Gear Solid Five, the game I love to play. When I'm in that game, I love it more than anything, and I love just screwing around in that world. And everything feels so good and so right. And I just, maybe that's why I can't finish it because if I finish it, it's over, and I don't ever want that to be over. I want it to always be able to put it in and do something fresh. So that's got to be on there, and then. Another five game 
because it's the first time I've ever, well, not the first time I've ever dreamt about a game, but the first time I've woke up from a sleep and seen the game taking place on my pillow. I'll never forget that moment when I was playing Civilization V super heavy for like a month straight. Got home, jumped on Steam, played it until two in the morning, went to bed, went to work, got home, played it. Same thing over and over and over. And one day I was dreaming about it. I, you know, I had my civilization going in my head. I woke up and I put my, put my forearms down on the bed and I pushed myself up and I looked at my pillow and it was the game. And I don't <laughs> know how, cause it was, it, <sighs> and I know I've told the story before, but it was, it's still so vivid in my head. I remember I looked down and there it was. And I looked to the side and there was the rest of my room and I looked down in the pillow and it was the game still. And I went, holy shit, I don't know what's going on. And I went back to sleep. That's never happened before. I guarantee it'll never happen after this. Civilization Five's got to be on the list just for that. I, I, I was a junkie on that game. <laughs> and I started hallucinating. It was, it was, I was on an acid trip on Civilization. It's funny you mention hallucinations and dreams because it brings me to Catherine. All right? Catherine, mm-hmm. what a fantastic game. We've we've hyped it up here for years and years and years. We both have the yep. full body edition now. What a game. It came at a weird time too. It was it was when people started settling down, wives, kids, that kind of thing. So the drinking mm-hmm. days and going out to the you know, the bars and hanging out, all that was dying off and going away. And here was Catherine, puzzle, mm-hmm. craziness with, you know, relationships. Sitting in a bar with your pals, drinking beers, it, mm-hmm. it it was it was the perfect game at the moment. Like I sat there every night, just enamored with it, playing through the puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, making these decisions on what to do with Catherine or Catherine, and then just talking with my bros, laughing, drinking the whiskeys, drinking the you know the gins, and walking mm-hmm. around talking to the other customers and patrons. It felt right. It's one of those games that'll always stick with me because of how amazing the puzzles were, how fun it was to do them, even when you were having a tough time or dying. The interactions with the characters was spot on, real deal, real you know, real emotion behind it, real reaction behind it. It's kind of like what your friends would actually say and do, which is mostly piss off, quit being a baby, this kind of stuff. It was all in right. there. It was a great time. A memorable game for sure. Once once again, one of those ones that's never going away for me. And as you said, played so much and so often that like you you know you couldn't help but have crazy weird catherine dreams with freaking mm-hmm. monsters chasing you you being sheep person that whole thing that crazy wild music and then the dong dong the bells all mm-hmm. it was haunted my mind for years and years and years hence why we talked about it for years and years and years <laughs> i mean i have to echo everything you said it was on my list i was hoping to close with it but i mean it's it's everything you said and just the fact that we had that camaraderie you and i going through it we we've said it before on the podcast a million times but coming into work and going dude how far did you get did you get to the thing oh man i haven't gotten there yet oh man that sounds amazing and then you, you know you would jump ahead a little bit then i would jump ahead a little bit and then we'd mm-hmm. and that was another game where just like civilization there were a couple of days when as soon as i got home i played catherine all the way up until way past when I should have been to sleep. Like I remember staying up till four in the morning and having to get up like three hours later, but I couldn't stop playing Catherine. I couldn't stop because it's just that goddamn good. And it's still that good in, in, in the full body edition. It's, uh, it's, 
I honestly think that's my game of the decade. That 100% has to be it because nothing beats it it was the game itself is that good and the social interaction and the memories are that good. Mhm. It's it's a close oh, tie for me between the two and and the other one that's mm. in contention with I'll mention soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well the the only other thing that that I'll mention for for games of the decade is Again, it feels like a recent release, but apparently all of them have come out this decade. It's the Danganronpa series. And as soon as I touched that first game and got into it, I could not stop playing it, its sequel, the third game, the spin-off game, everything about Danganronpa I devoured in one giant sitting, what, last year or two years ago? I can't even remember now, but it's it's everything I said about Persona 5 and Witcher and Red Dead, you go on a journey with all these characters, and they change, they become evil, they die. You go through such traumatic experiences, and then the overall storyline of all the games, it's just, it's 100% outstanding. It's everything I love in games. Just everything I love about visual novels, detective-style games, just dramatic, overarching, God, I love it. It's one of those things where, you know, I, I put all the soundtracks on my Spotify, and anytime I listen to those, I, I still listen to them like every day, I'm back in that scene. I'm back with those characters, with my friends. They're not even, it's just like Persona 5. They're all my friends, but they're just characters in a video game. Mm-hmm. And I go through these, I went through these crazy journeys over four different games. Amazing. Danganronpa's got to, you know, if there's, that's my series of the decade. If Catherine's <laughs> my game of the decade, that is my series of the decade. No doubt, bar none, absolutely. I like it. I like it. Well, my series of the decade would have to be, of course, Destiny 1, and to a lesser extent, Destiny 2. Yeah, much lesser extent, Destiny 2. You hate that game. I, you hate all the things about I it. I hate it, but guess what? It's like my second most played game ever on the PlayStation 4. So you know I what? Know. I'm just I'm just giving you. There's crap, something you know. I've told you. I don't understand what it is. I don't because <laughs> I get annoyed with that game constantly. But mm. I just keep going. I should probably hop in Destiny. I should probably just get on in there and just see what's. Go- Maybe I'll get something tonight. Maybe something will happen. Nope, nothing mm-hmm. happened. I hate this game. I'm not playing it anymore. I'm done with this game. <laughs> and then I'm back in it three nights later. It's crazy. And I think it has a lot to do with because of De- how good Destiny 1 was. Destiny 1 mm. was one of those beautiful games that did the same thing World of Warcraft does, where it put took me to a place, got me with people I didn't know, people I did know, getting a little clan, an unofficial clan, because back then you couldn't do clans and all that, and raiding right. every week, having a good time, laughing, drinking a couple beers, but not too much because you actually had to raid and thinking, so it wasn't like it wasn't my little border, my Borderlands chunk over there where you're just drunk and having mm-hmm. a great old time. No, this one was more focused, but you could still have one or two. Awesome memories, lots of fun, the Crota, the Orcs, all that stuff, the original Vault of Glass, all those memories, friends disappearing, friends coming back, people getting mad and quitting, people coming back, all the same things are all there. The gameplay itself is fantastic. You can't beat Bungie when it comes to, you know, shooting baddies. They're bar none one of the best ever out there. So that has to be there. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up for all those said reasons and probably a lot more. And I, I really hope, even though you hear me complain about Destiny all the time, they turn it around and bring get something, some magic in there that draws me back in 100%. I should be saying the opposite of that so I can keep playing way more cooler, awesome games out there and venture out. <laughs> But you know what? 
I don't. I want to get back in there. I always want to come back to it. So hopefully mm-hmm. they fix it up and make it a gem again, like one was that I can appreciate and love all the damn time. So that's it. Unless you got oh, any, I got uh, one last one. Oh my, you got more. Well, hang on. Let okay. me get my whole got, list out here. <laughs> <laughs> the, this was the one I was telling you is contention with Catherine, and of course, okay. it's Persona Five. I didn't say Persona Five. You knew it was coming. Okay, okay. Persona Five. I would have never thought it was going to be the game that I latched onto like I did and became just mm. this thing in my brain that I can't stop thinking about all the time. I looked mm. at that game just like I looked at all those other wacky Japanese RPGs. I was like, nah, it's going to be super intense and grindy and ridiculous. And guess what? It is all those things, but it's flipping phenomenal. Like you pointed mm. out, Matt, everyone in there becomes your friend. You're in there just cheering for them, telling them to shut their stupid mouths, doing all all the things. Like you're talking to your friends mm-hmm. even though they can't hear you. Beautiful. Just a beautiful game. Music's on top. Characters freaking top-notch. Everything. And, and, and even the American, you know, the dubbing was just all out of this world. And I've I've definitely come around to where, I, like I said before on the show, I, I appreciate subs way more nowadays just because... Mm-hmm. I've gotten used to, you know, the the dialects and how they talk and how and so now I can see the differences and how they're talking mm-hmm. and what they if they're serious being stupid or you know whatever's going on I understand it now whereas I didn't used to ever I just thought they were all crazy. But I get it. So I for me now I'm starting to become that snob when I listen to a dub instead of the sub and I'm like, "Oh, this has they they don't they're not nailing the characterization at all here. Oh, they're not getting it." Persona 5 did it. It was great all the way through. All the memories in it will stay with me forever. I've got Persona crap layered around the house all over the place. Mm-hmm. I got Royal Reserved ready to go. I know it's a more recent game, but I can guarantee you that on my deathbed, I'll still have good memories of playing Persona 5 and hopefully the next Persona and the next Persona and the next Persona after that. So oh, yeah. it had to be there. There. Bam. So I think that actually wraps it up for both of us. I mean, I, I don't think I don't know if I said it. I echo all the things you said about Borderlands, to Division, Battleborn, but I knew you were also going to talk about them. So they 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 didn't go on my list. I have other stuff, other honorable mentions. It's it's time. It's time to just cut it off and let us know what you guys think is your game of the decade in the wrap up. Imposters wrap up. So, hey, I teased it just like five seconds ago. What were your games of the decade? What were your series of the decade? Let us know via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet at us at thirdshift.me. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. One thing you shouldn't let us know is if you disagree with us, because these games are all, you heard it. You heard the passion from both of us. They're all close to our hearts. So don't be dissing on our games of the decade. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just tell me yours. Let's all be positive We'll love yours, too, even if we don't actually love them. But we'll love them because you love them. Exactly. Hey, if you tell me a cool story like I told you mm-hmm. about the stuff that I liked, boom. I'll be like, wow, that really sounds happy. like an awesome exactly. game. And while you're doing that, you can head on over to the Patreon. We treat it like a tip jar. I'm not going to do the little song mantra today because it's freezing cold right now, and I wore a t-shirt to my basement. <laughs> so I'm cold, everybody. Put a sweater on this man's back and consider giving us a tip. You know what I'm saying? Keep me alive in the northern state up here in Michigan where it's cold in the basement. (laughs) 
And see, I, I'm like roasting, so I wanted to wear a tank top, but I didn't want to have like hairy pits hanging out. So I have, I'm, I'm sweating over here in my in my first floor, and you're freezing in the basement. Uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. If you like what you hear, like what we're up to, consider throwing a buck our way, two bucks. Anything helps. Keeps the lights on, pays the old podcasting bills. You know how it goes. If you can't support us that way, that's perfectly fine, too. You can listen every time we get on here. Free of charge. No problemos, everybody. You can support us, though, by answering our questions as we ask you all to do. Send in those mailbag questions, critiques, five-star ratings, all that cool stuff. We appreciate it. It keeps us motivated and coming at you every single week. And speak well no hey whoa. whoa speaking of when we come at you this podcast comes back in your ear holes every two weeks on tuesday so so catch us on the 18th of february for every next episode you can find that episode on itunes on stitcher on podbean on spotify and on youtube and as i always say if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out please give us a like a rating review a comment a subscription any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do and we appreciate those five star reviews just like I said. So please get on over there and give us some more. We are full from the last few we've gotten but you know what? Hunger's going to set in soon. So instead of letting us mm-hmm. get hungry preventative maintenance is a thing. You know what I mean? Try it out. And with that Matt the day is over. We are all done. There's nothing left to say but don't, Don't forget, forget to say To another 10 glorious years What will our games be then? I'll be dead Spoiler alert Bam That was my favorite Don't forget to save of the decade yeah, Look at that Number one Good job man <laughs>